Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I've known, and two things up for review this week. First up, there's Gran Turismo, based on a true story. Yes, that's the full title of the film. And then there's Vacation Friends 2. First up is Gran Turismo, based on a true story. And that is literally the title of the film. Like, that is the whole package deal for the name of the film, which you know is going to be a really bad sign. So... If you are interested in watching a two hour and 15 minute long commercial, have I got a movie for you? I thought this, oh my goodness, I, you know, I am not the target audience for this movie in any way, shape or form. I can acknowledge that going into it. You know, I have played Gran Turismo. I've played it like in the arcade. It is not my game of choice. I, you know, no shade to anybody who it's their favorite game of all time. I just, it's not for me. You know, I'm not a NASCAR person. I'm not a Formula One person. My sister actually got really into Formula One in the last few years. So I have weirdly some knowledge of racing based on osmosis from hanging out with her. She also watches Drive to Survive on Netflix, which I would recommend over that because I can plug into those episodes and be interested versus this, which I wanted to just claw my eyeballs out at some points you know I'm being slightly hyperbolic but this movie truly is just a commercial but it's not just a commercial for the game Gran Turismo which I could maybe be okay with it's also a commercial for Sony who makes Gran Turismo who also owns the studio who made this film so synergy oh joy of joys but then it's also a commercial for like the car companies and then the sport of racing and then certain other sponsors are featured in it it's just like is there an ounce of creativity in this film the answer is no so what I did not realize or piece together is that this is truly based on a true story and if I'd known more about that going in maybe I would have felt more generous to it it's the story of Jan Mardenborough who you know I guess Nissan and Sony and you know Gran Turismo the game actually ran a contest to see if someone could translate their skills playing this racing game into becoming a professional race car driver uh, sure, you know, it sounds absurd. It sounds like a movie. It sounds like maybe it could be a good movie. It was not a good movie. You know, there are parts of it that are classic racing film, which I thought those worked okay, but they really spent so much extra time on them. You know, I actually had had the stage set for me a little bit with James Mangold's Ford v. Ferrari, which is also a movie I was not particularly interested in. You know, for that one, I remember thinking, this is the slowest moving movie about fast things that I've ever seen, but Gran Turismo might take the cake on this. Ironically, they both also take place at Le Mans. I, Le Mans? I don't know how I pronounce it. You know, it's this very uh, complicated 24-hour race that, uh, anyway, so it's a real race. But yeah, so I knew a little bit about that race because of Ford v. Ferrari. I knew a little bit about the world of racing because of my sister and Formula One and Drive to Survive. But this movie does this weird thing where it's trying to distinguish itself. And it's like, okay, well, how do we get the, you know, how do we constantly remind you that this is about a video game at the end of the day? And so they do these really overcomplicated visual techniques that constantly interrupt the flow of the actual race and like races and sports and then competition by nature are you know we get sucked into them and that can actually be a huge bridge or band-aid for a non-sporting audience but when you intentionally interrupt the momentum of it you absolutely dissipate any sort of investment an audience has in it. You know, imagine if you're watching like Usain Bolt run the 100 meter and then every 30 meters there's a pause and a replay and whatever it is. It's like, that's that's not interesting at all. Just like, let it play out. But I think it was so obsessed with trying to be like, well, we have to show that, you know, this is how he translated his video game skills over. Let's do this and let's do that. And I just, oh, 
it's so undermined it. You know, I think some of the actors are trying their damnedest. David Harbour and Archie Madquay. I want to give special shout outs to Archie Madquay plays Jan Mardenborough. Uh, David Harbour plays his coach, mechanic man, etc. You know, I think they are trying their damnedest and I don't want to knock them for that. <laughs> the rest of the cast, what is happening here? So you have Jaiman Hansu as Steve Mardenborough, his dad, which, okay, fine. You know, he does a fine job. Jerry Halliwell, uh, aka Ginger Spice, plays his mom, which... And I, again, this is thanks to my sister that I knew this, it is because she is married to a Formula One team owner that I'm sure somehow funding, etc., you know, got her way in here. And then you have Darren Barnett from Never Have I Ever, and then Orlando Bloom as a marketing guy, and I sat there watching it going, how did I ever like you as an actor or a pretty face or whatever, because this is, this successfully undid any positive I was like oh Legolas is dead to me how dare you know I it just you know it was almost so bad that I had a good time and maybe if I'd had more friends with me or maybe if we'd had you know drinks or something of the sort it would have been a better experience but I just sat there just like pawing at my face going when will this end because like I said you know, there's so much setup happening and it's such a generic story, even though the actual circumstances are a little bit out of the ordinary. There's nothing original about it or the things that they think they're being original about take away from the film. So at the end of the day, you're left there with, you know, just an absolute lemon of a movie. And I just there were a few moments where I was like, oh. I could have seen, you know, like between David Harbour and Archie Madquay, I was like, oh, there's maybe like, maybe this had a world in which if it just been a straightforward racing movie, it would have been okay. But I think there was so much interference from so many stakeholders, so many like, you know, just trying to impress so many people, trying to get so many brand names on it that it did not work out. In fact, there's a line in the movie and I'm not going to spoil too much, but they say this whole thing is a marketing bonanza and that is the most accurate line in the movie, you know. I feel like this movie made the Mario movie look like Citizen Kane. You know, just brutal. I would rather watch that a million times over than have to watch this movie again. I know people enjoyed it, and I actually really like the director. I like Neil Blokamp, which is part of the reason I was like, this maybe could be good, but... You know, this is not the revenge he was looking for in terms of making a video game movie because he was supposed to do Halo and all this stuff, but... I I don't know who to recommend this film to because I don't think it's for racing fans because it's so slow at the points that it's slow you know it's not classic racing or the whole point of it is it's outsiders joining racing so there's that whole factor you know I think Gran Turismo video game fans might think it's fine but the whole thing about it was it was about like the race car driving part of it not necessarily you know they're they're taking them out of the the seats the consoles the whatever it is so it's like well that's not the average Gran Turismo player and then just regular movie fans I I I can't in good conscience recommend this to you so so I'm gonna give Gran Turismo based on a true story a two out of five and I think again that is being generous but some of the acting performances I helped elevate that score a little bit I'm gonna take a quick break and be right back and I'm back. The other film I have this week, and let me tell you, this was a brutal week for me, is Vacation Friends 2. And I recall seeing Vacation Friends. I remember it was not peak pandemic, but it was certainly pandemic, you know, times and so desperate for new movies, etc. And I remember thinking, 
this is fine. You know, I don't, it's, it stars John Cena, Lil Rel Howery, Yvonne Orji, Meredith Hagner, Carlos Santos, and this time they're joined by Steve Buscemi and Ronnie Chang. And this is a boondoggle film, right? This is a, hey, we are going to go film at a very nice location and it's going to be a tax write-off and we're probably going to get to, you know, bring our families or whatever it may be. And I, if I was in the position to get to make a boondoggle film like this, I would absolutely take them up on it. So, you know, I, I can't begrudge them that, but my God, do I wish I did not have to see it. You know, uh, the first, the premise of the first one was that these two couples, uh, Lil Rod Howery and Yvonne Orji and John Cena and Meredith Hagner meet on vacation and they're two very opposite couples. By the end of it, they become friends. This one, they reunite to go on vacation again. And Lil Rod Howery is also on a business trip and, you know, uh, John Cena and Meredith Hagner are chaotic, etc. And uh, put some of it at risk. And then Steve Buscemi plays Meredith Hagner's father in this one who's a, a new character in this and jeopardizes further their relationship and I just you know I know that the characters are supposed to be absurd and caricatures effectively but I didn't laugh once during this movie like at all you know there are some very uncomfortable situations that I think my sense of comedy you know actually does swing pretty wide but this this it's just not funny and it's more uncomfortable and I feel like the whole time similar actually to Gran Turismo it felt very tedious and at least with this one it's sub two hours you know Gran Turismo I thought maybe if they'd shaved like 30 minutes off of it maybe it would have been more palatable you know but I think they would have had to cut all the things that were Gran Turismo related <laughs> but the plot of this makes absolutely no sense you know every single turn is just frustrating and and um, I don't know anybody who acts like these characters. I don't know anybody who knows anybody who acts like these characters. Maybe that is just the small little sheltered bubble I live in. But I mean, come on. And and again, also, like the film doesn't necessarily require you to know anything about them going into it, which is good and bad because I had forgotten everything in the first film and then this didn't even try to remind me. In fact, it like fast forwarded some things and I was just like, what am I watching here? You know, I, there's a lot of very talented people who I actually really like in this film. And so I don't know how it could go so absurdly wrong. Like the chemistry is off. The jokes and the situations I didn't find funny, you know, maybe if this had come out like 10 years ago, people, you know, hangover era, I feel like people would have thought it was much funnier, but I, again, I don't begrudge the fact that they got to go on this vacation, more power to them, but I don't think it's worth rewatching. You know, I don't even want to say, I can't even in good conscience say go back and watch the first one instead because it was also so forgettable that I just went into this one not remembering anything. So, you know, honestly, this is just a warning week for you for both films. I'm going to give Vacation Friends a 1.6 out of 5. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.